Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of You Press Play Sports. I'm your host and business manager, Richard Pereira. Joining me today is sports editor Bryce Totes, photo editor Esten Parker, and staff writer Kevin Garcia. How, how has it been going, guys? Uh, what a great weekend that FU had here today. It wasn't a bad weekend for FAU sports. <laughs> I mean, we've seen worse. Yeah, that's true. Well, not ideal, but there's definitely some positives to be had. And we'll start off with that today for starting off with men's basketball. They mm-hmm. came off uh, last week. Uh, they finished last week with a three-game winning streak. Uh, on Monday, they took down Charlotte, 96-67, and had two great wins against Western Kentucky and Marshall, where while they were close and competitive, FU edged out as the better team. So how do you guys evaluate the, the men's uh, recent performances at home from last week? I think the men are starting to find a little more consistency at home. They're starting to gain some confidence. Um, They're just struggling on the road a little bit, but the home crowd is really helping them. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And and if they can win, you know, like Bryce mentioned, if they can start to win some of their away games and, you know, maybe keep up, spread the shooting out like they've been doing consistently um, or well, like they did this past week, I think that'll give them a much better shot in their away games. Yeah, the, the offensive attack has been balanced and complete. Uh, they had five uh, five players in double digits against Marshall and against Western Kentucky, so that's always impressive. Um, Elijah Martin is hitting another stride, too. He's had his seventh and eighth game with double figures this past week. So, um, yeah, it's been a sight to see. Yeah, seeing the men's uh, balanced offense these past couple of games has definitely been great to watch as they are really on a roll. They're leading their division in the East of Conference USA. Um, so it's pretty clear that they are hitting their strides and just really executing the plays that they've been trying to do earlier in the season, but now they're doing it much more efficiently, and now they're, they're much more stronger as a result. So hopefully they can keep that up. Uh, this week on Thursday and Saturday, for Thursday and Saturday, they will be in Texas. Uh, to on Thursday they'll take on UTEP and on Saturday they'll take on UTSA so two crucial games in Texas that they should be able to win that or at least one of them anyway but as if they can grab a few more wins on the road that'll definitely help them make their case to being a strong contender in the conference tournament and moving on to the women's women's basketball unfortunately while this week, uh, the men's had three game, or three wins. The women's had three losses, as the women's failed to score over fifty points the past three games to Old Dominion, Western Kentucky, and Marshall on the road. All of them on the road, really. And their losing streak continues to get worse. They haven't won a game at all in conference play, as they are currently at an eight game losing streak. So, guys, uh, what does the women's have to do? <laughs> and I know that's the obvious answer, and it's that is <laughs> the offense. Yeah. But how should they tweak it as such? Yeah, the offense is 
the, the point of interest. That the defense, I think they've been they've been solid, not not great, but they've been okay on the defensive end. But I think the offense needs to step up, um, especially in that in that game against Marshall, where they there was just stretches like three four minute stretches where they couldn't score. I think it comes down to just drawing up the right plays, trying to get open shots or easy layups or get to the free throw line. You need to do something. You like find some consistency and find like a strong point in their offensive attack. You know, with the women's team, I know they're hurting, hurting without their leading scorer, Amber Gaston, but yeah. everyone's got to step up, you know, and get a couple points here, there extra and, you know, fill that role as one instead of one person trying to do it all by themselves. And going off of um, you, Bryce, like without Amber Gaston, they're, they're getting just hammered on the inside. Um, I mean, it's, it's been really tough for them to cover the paint. Um, but you know, hopefully gassing comes back sooner rather than later. But last I, last I talked to one of y'all, we don't really have an exact timetable as to when she should be back. Yeah. And it's been very tough for the women's to really, uh, find their stride on offense and to get into rhythm as the season goes forward especially in conference play. Like the men's, the women's will face UTEP and UTSA. Only difference is these two games are at home at FAU Arena. So, so our fans, go, go to the games, cheer on your hours to, in hopes that they snap the losing streak at last. Definitely. Like one of these games, they could definitely take. But the first thing is to get that offense together and get things moving before it gets much worse from here on out. And that will finish our topic on FU sports and the national sports. Uh, last weekend, the NFL pretty much had basically one of the best divisional rounds in, his, in basically history, since, basically since we've been alive. Like all four games were decided by six points or less or required uh, a game-winning field goal, or just absolute great defense. So, guys, which was uh, your favorite game from this round? I can't really choose a favorite game. I mean, they were all the walk-off wins, three of them being away teams. Um, and to me, it was just a very exciting weekend watching a lot of upsets. But, yeah, you know, I think it was very intriguing watching – the 49ers walk into Green Bay and struggle for most of the game. And, you know, that block punt towards the end and come out with a win was pretty impressive for them. But, you know, and then you have Cincinnati who had a great win. Mm -hmm. And then the Rams down in Tampa. It was just, it was a great weekend for football. Yeah. I, I feel like I need to apologize to the Bills and Chiefs because last week I said that the marquee game would be the Packers and 49ers and couldn't be any more wrong about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that Bills the Chiefs game, that's an iconic game. That's a game that we'll be telling our children about and our grandchildren about. That was like, it, it, that was the Super Bowl for all intents and purposes. I don't think we're going to get a better game this playoffs. That was a war between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it, it was so frustrating because I was watching the Bills Chiefs game on my phone and it kept going out. Me too. So every time I would get back mm -hmm. on to watching the game, it was, you know, one of the teams scored. So in the fourth yeah. quarter, like 
I was hoping I wouldn't get an alert from the app before I saw what happened. Um, it was, it, it was insane. I mean, you know, usually in the playoffs in, in every round, there's usually one, there's got, there's usually at least like one game. That's a standout game, but, but this one, I mean, uh, yeah, it was every game. Mm-hmm. Like literally three out of these four games were decided by three points. The margin was this close. And even the Bills and Chiefs game, it required a game-winning touchdown from the Chiefs. And all four of these games were thrillers in their own fashion, especially the Packers and 49ers. That was a defensive game. And it doesn't make me any more happier to see than to see a defensive game between two great defensive teams. And the 49ers really pull off the upset at Green Bay with the snow in the in the cold that is incredible yeah oh yeah you know with green bay though they have struggled at home in the playoffs they have i think seven losses at home in the playoffs over the last 20 years oof underachieving you hate it yeah mentioned cincinnati they're on a good run this year and they also pulled off the upset against tennessee and Shout out to Trey Hendrickson, FU alum, who is doing great things for the Bengals as they're on the way to the AFC Championship to take on the Chiefs. Good luck to them. And uh, I did watch the the Rams and Bucks, and the Bucks almost pulled it off, man. Tom Brady almost did it again. He almost did what he did against Atlanta a few years ago back in the Super Bowl. But the Rams survived that one. Yeah, but it was very close. It could have gone either way. I I will say I was really surprised with the Bengals game between the between them and the Titans because Joe Burrow got sacked nine times. <laughs> I think the only other quarterback to win a playoff game that got sacked eight or more times was Donovan McNabb. Um, I I I mean, honestly, I. I part of me couldn't believe that the Bengals still won, but then another part of me was not surprised that Ryan Tannehill didn't have the best games. Um, seen plenty of, seen him have plenty of games like that in the past, but you know, still a great game. Yeah, good game. I mean, the, the Titans. I think they're a little overrated. Like they, we call Derrick Henry King Henry, and what has he done? He hasn't really accomplished anything to be worthy of the name King Henry. So I always get kind of like, I'm kind of iffy about that. But yeah, the Bengals, uh, what do you guys think they have a chance though against Kansas City? Or is that just going to be a blowout? No, I I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I don't think Cincinnati has a chance. (laughs) No way. (laughs) I'd be shocked. But I have the Chiefs as a heavy favorite for that one. As for Rams and 49ers, the Rams have to be very careful with the 49ers defense because we've seen what the 49ers defense can do, especially in the wild card and what they did to the Packers. So the Rams have to be very careful against Green Bay. I mean, the 49ers. And um, they got to play like they did against Arizona and not how they played against Tampa Bay because you cannot make a lot of mistakes against the 49ers defense because if you do, then there's going to be a lot of trouble. Well, with the 49ers, too, if I remember right, they did play the Cowboys this 
postseason. And over the last six postseasons, I want to say the winner of that game between the 49ers and the Cowboys went on to win the Super Bowl. So it's a pretty interesting statistic to see if it holds true this season. Well, they are definitely on the trajectory to possibly make the Super Bowl, but that involves getting past the Rams, which, let's be honest, they are pretty stacked on offense, especially with Odell hitting his stride over there. And uh, Yeah, Odell's not washed up, man. People are counting Odell out, okay? He's finally got a good quarterback. It's about time. It's been like five years since Odell has had a good quarterback. He had, he had noodle arm Eli Manning throwing to him in his prime, and he was able to make that work. And then they threw him out there with Baker Mayfield, the worst number one pick in NFL history. Ooh. Now he's finally got a good quarterback on his side. It, and it, he, he's not washed. He just didn't have a good quarterback. That's all it is. Got a hot take there, Kevin. <laughs> Calling Baker. Uh-huh. <laughs> By far. T- who, tell me who's the worst number one pick as a quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Who's the worst quarterback? Who's, who's worse than him? Wasn't Jamarcus Russell a number one pick? I would take him over Baker Mayfield. No, no, no. bro. He 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 made Odell Beckham look washed. Jamarcus Russell would have at least been able to throw bubble screens to Odell Beckham, at least. If he could stay on his feet. <laughs> uh, may, maybe the worst number one pick is a little bit of a reach, but uh, I stand by it. <laughs> All right, fair enough, Kevin. And you know, uh, the same for Odell too, though. I mean, it goes for. Matt Stafford out there, he had, he was a great quarterback in Detroit and, you know, he didn't have the help out there. So now that he's got the actual help in LA. He's performing. Didn't he have Calvin Johnson? Uh, the, I the, mean, Detroit back in the day. Yeah. They did have uh, Calvin Johnson, AKA Megatron. <laughs> one target though. Wasn't enough though. Baker Mayfield had what? Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, uh, Austin Hooper, and he still couldn't do anything with it. <laughs> But yeah, when it comes down to it, oh, which teams do you think will make the Super Bowl? Because I'm thinking Rams and Chiefs, but I want to know what your guys' takes are. I will take the Chiefs, definitely. But I think I'm going to go with the 49ers over the Rams. Me too. I got the 49ers and Chiefs. Ooh. Yeah. A Super Bowl rematch? I, I could I could see that happening, it, it, especially because the 49ers were able to limit Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Um, and they've shown that they can, you know, it doesn't really matter where it's at, um, no matter the conditions. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't go against the 49ers in the, in the game against the Rams. It's going to be a home game for them, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking Rams and Chiefs, but Chiefs and 49ers, a possible Super Bowl rematch. Yeah, got to keep an eye on those two matchups in particular because those are most likely to happen. Did, did, did you guys see that, that the, the Rams, like they're trying to limit 49ers fans from buying tickets to the <laughs> game? Like that's that's crazy. Because they're afraid. Yeah, they don't want it to be a home game in their own state, a home game for the Niners in their own stadium. It is in California, so of course they're pretty close to one another, which will be uh which does come with the price. <laughs> and moving on from the NFL, we do have the NBA. There were some great games the past couple of days. Miami, they're back at full strength and they're currently at top of the conference. They just got Bam back. Jimmy's uh is healthy again. 
And while they don't have Tower Hero for the moment, they're still hitting their stride. They just beat the Lakers recently. And again, they are top of the conference. So what do you have to say about the, the changes in the East as Chicago starts going down a bit because of injuries, especially Lonzo and Alex Caruso? Man, now's the time for the Heat to keep rolling. Um, like you mentioned, Richard, with the injuries going on in Chicago, not to mention KD being out um, for a period of time in Brooklyn. Um, th- this is the time for the Heat to keep getting momentum and you know, load up for the playoffs. Um, they're a really exciting team. And, you know, they continue to just be scrappy. You know, even in moments where it looks like they might be slumping, because I know against the Lakers the other night, it looked like they might kind of, you know, lose their grip on the game, but they held on. Um, and I think Jimmy beat – he now owns a record that LeBron previously owned as a member of the Heat. I, I forget which record it, – it, excuse me, which record it was, but I remember seeing something about it on um, somewhere on social media. But in terms of the East, um, I will say – Very close. It's very close. Like the top four teams, they're one game. The the fourth place team, which is Milwaukee, is there? He they're only one game behind the first spot. So it's the March is that close. And somehow Cleveland is only a game and a half behind. They're resilient. They really I, themselves as a good team. They really do. <laughs> would not have guessed that. Um, yeah, me neither. Me neither. Sure. Yeah, they're, they're the surprise of the NBA season so far. And it's a big man lineup that they're doing, which is mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that, now there's news that came out this morning that James Harden wants to leave Brooklyn. It's just <laughs> I, I think uh, the Brooklyn Nets, they're in shambles right now. No KD. Kyrie is playing like half the games. They got a tank just so they can have Kyrie in like in four playoff games versus three if they have home court advantage. It's a bit oh. of a mess out there. I wouldn't necessarily say tank because they can still win games with Kyrie or not. Um. <laughs> but if they if they want him to be available for four games in the playoffs versus three, they they need to have they 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 need to give up that home court advantage. And not to mention the the Nets' road record right now is significantly better than their home record. Yeah, they're only twelve true. and eleven at home compared to seventeen and six on the road. So. Um, Kevin, to your point, it, it might actually, this might be one of the few times where it really is, it, it could be in the best interest of the Nets to not have that home court advantage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, unless the Nets just want to pay the fine, if that's even true, if those reports are true, all they have to pay is like $5,000 per game or something, and Kyrie can play. So I, I don't know, but they should do that. But yeah, it's, it's interesting too, because the Hornets are only four games back from the top seed too. So it just, it speaks to how strong the East is this year. And, and just, yeah. it's a pair, it's, um, it's a parallel from what it used to be. It was like growing up, the West was always the power conference. And now the East seems to be that, that powerhouse. I think that pretty much proves to be a benefit of the playing spots because it actually promotes a little more competition. Sure. They are playing spots and it doesn't guarantee you a spot in the actual playoffs but it does promote more competition. And we're seeing that with the Eastern Conference right now. Like you have nine teams over uh, with a 500 record or above and the 10th place team, which is the Wizards. And they, they fell back down to earth after being in the top of the East for a while at the start of the season. So seeing them fall back down to earth, 
that was the expectation I had for them this season. But other than that, uh, the East has been very competitive, and it's great to see. And then you look at the West. Well, the Suns are they're just dominating. They're on a seven-game winning streak. They're like the distance between them and the Warriors, who are second at the moment, is three and a half games. So the Suns are pretty strong, even without DeAndre Ayton for the moment. Yeah, I mean they, they were on like a nine-game winning streak or something like that at a set at one point. Or no, they're on a seven-game win streak right now. Yeah. Um, the Warriors have been hurting without Draymond. They're really missing Draymond, and if he misses a significant amount of time. It just it shows his value, and yeah, they they need him healthy for the playoffs because without him, they're gonna struggle. <clears throat> yeah. Ashton, what do you think? Well, um, for the Warriors, I know I didn't see the latest update for the Warriors um within the last few days, but I know Steph actually after he broke the three point record, he went on a pretty hefty decline um and he had like poor numbers not just by you know Steph's numbers but like by he was playing like an average NBA player maybe below average um which you know for Steph is not it it may have single-handedly taken him out of the MVP conversation um you know to to the Suns benefit too because they continue to keep on rolling um and I I'm just going to bring this up because before the season, I, I, I think I got a lot of criticism for it. Um, the Lakers right now, um, you know. Well, they're about to get Anthony Davis back, so maybe it helps. <laughs> it, 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 it might, but I, I, I still don't – I still don't see him being better than the Nuggets who – currently have in my eyes the MVP and Nicole Jokic who continues to play lights out but he's in Denver and his team is sixth in the west so like you know kind of hard to uh, single him out and then uh, another team that didn't come out of nowhere but another um, I guess subtly really good team is the Grizzlies um, I feel like this, I feel like this has been a theme for maybe the last 10 or so years where the Grizzlies quietly assemble a really high quality team, especially in the regular season. But I guess the, the biggest question is how far can they truly make it? Um, I think now with John Morant, they have that, that player that can help them ascend to the next level. Unlike how they, what they weren't able to do before he was with them. But um uh, I, I forget which one of y'all said it. It may have been you, Kevin. Um, the the whole dynamic between the West now being the pa- or no longer being the power conference is it it's it's kind of crazy. Um, but you know, um, even uh, I feel like even a team like the Celtics or the Hornets would thrive in the West right now. Um, so. I and hey, they're, I wouldn't go and, that, and, that far with the Celtics, Aston, but go for it. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's been a really good, it's been a really fun season so far. I also, if I remember correctly, I think this season has broken the record for the most amount of buzzer beater shots, like game winners. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Paul DeRozan. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's like every other day. There's another big buzzer beater shot that's hit, and it kind of blows my mind. But yeah, it's been fun this season so yeah. far. So for sure, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I, I was gonna ask you guys if you think the Grizzlies are for real, if they could be title contenders, because I I don't know, I don't know if they can. Like, yeah, John Moran is having an MVP season, but do they have enough, like, around him to excel past the Warriors, the Suns, or even the Jazz in that conference? They're not there yet. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, they can make a run, but uh, a run to the finals, I, I don't think so. They can go deep in the playoffs for sure because they really improved themselves as a team this year compared to last year where they were, like, the eighth seed. Now they're at the third seed, competing with uh, right in the right between Golden State and Utah, and they've really taken advantage of Utah missing Donovan Mitchell the past few games. So Memphis has really taken advantage of what they got with John Moran and made a really well balanced squad to back to back him up. And so Bryce, uh, what do you think uh, of the NBA these past couple of games? Yeah, it's been really exciting over the past few days, um, watching the ups and downs, uh, you know, and we've seen it, you know, throughout many sports over the years with basketball. Injury really hurts teams, and we've noticed that, um, missing certain players. But then when you have a healthy team, you know, you find your success when you have all your players. So, you know, seeing those storylines, it's really exciting to watch. And, you know, seeing everything shake up, seeing new teams come to fruition is pretty nice to watch. Yeah, definitely. And with that, that'll be it for this episode of You Press Play Sports. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. Click the bell to keep up with notifications from us. Also, be sure to go on upressonline.com to keep up with news, sports, and more content alike. To follow us on Twitter, for me, it's at, at Rich26Pereira. For Reston, it's at Aston Parker. For Bryce, it's at Bryce Toast. Bryce Toast. And for Kevin at Kevin Gar 658. Thanks for watching, everybody, and have a great day.